Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Hopping onto the show today is a man who truly walks the walk with regards to being a spiritual gangster. He is a coach and flow artist where he teaches his clients how to embody the flow and create the mental real estate necessary to achieve greatness, a mindset aficionado, and a world-class husband and father to the newest addition to his family, Miss Isla Oaks. Please help me in welcoming the samurai general, pirate, Jedi, knight, warrior, poet himself, Jeffrey Oaks. What is up, brother? What's happening? <laughs> Thank you so much for yeah. that wonderful intro. Absolutely, I love brother. It. I yeah, love yeah. And um, for everyone listening, we are currently in the second edition of the Lake House Chronicles in Virginia at Mark England's house, and um, we've had a pretty magical time in just the day and a half we've been here already. <laughs> yeah, and the weather is absolutely reflecting that. We have seventies you know, and sunny. I've been yeah. in the lake twice today, <laughs> um, which coming from an area of the country and uh, just outside of Detroit, Michigan, which is um, as I hear it about 50 and cloudy with a little bit of sunshine shining through a little hole in the clouds. Yeah. This is quite magical. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've uh, been inadvertently chasing summer. Um, I just got back from Mexico and San Diego and Oregon. Oregon wasn't too much summer, but like the Mexico and San Diego part, it was like so hot until it was like 95 degrees and humid. And it was awesome. Like I love that kind of heat. Yeah. And so I get here and I was expecting like when I was packing, I was like, oh, I'm probably gonna need some more pants, whatever. And I decided, like, well, why don't I just look at the weather first, you know? And luckily I did because I would have packed completely wrong. I mean, it's been beautiful. It's like, for everyone listening, it's like 77, perfect humidity. The lake is like bath water, but it's refreshing. Oh, it's picturesque. I'm glad I can paint this picture. We can paint this picture for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jeff, my man, you know, I've had the opportunity to hear bits and pieces of your journey from taking and lifted with you, Mm -hmm. but I'd love the opportunity to hear your full journey, and I know the listeners will get a lot out of hearing it as well. I'm happy to share it, my brother. Where would you like me to start? You know, really, we all have a pivotal moment that we remember, um, that I've noticed anyway, where our lives changed in one way, shape, or form. So I'd love it if you could start at whatever point of your life you remember having a big shift, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever way, you know, you've had it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll start in the dark. Mm -hmm. We'll start at the the long, dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the most pivotal moments of my life happened about... 15 years ago mm-hmm. when I attempted to take my life. And since then, since that moment where I realized that that was not the end game that I wanted, it has been a gradual slow burn to get to a place where I can now say that I've completed the 180 mm-hmm. and come from a place where I had a life I didn't want to live to now I have a life that I love and adore. Mm. And a life that has led me to being here and and sharing uh, a story that I believe brings us to a very positive place, but started in darkness. Mm. Yeah, man. You know, and I feel a lot of people listening can relate to that, you know, because we all go through these dark nights of the soul in one way, shape or form. Yeah. And a lot of times it gets really dark, as the name suggests, you know, and being able to transcend that and move through it. It's not easy, you know, um, it's, it's very challenging. And I went through a small one myself. Um, I've gone through a couple of different ones in my life, but, um, just hearing how you were able to overcome that, you know, and come back stronger, you know, and be able to actually use it to make you rather than break you is super inspiring, man. Like, where did you find the strength to do that? Like, what were the things that maybe you started at that time? Maybe the things that you were already doing that you, you know, dove deeper into Mm -hmm. that allowed you to overcome that state. I would say the first and most important thing that I did was almost entirely unconscious. Mm -hmm. And that is that I realized that the voice inside my head Mm -hmm. that was telling me Mm -hmm. that I did not want to live this life and the appropriate action was to end it. I realized that that voice was not my complete voice. Mm -hmm. And that was only one aspect of my personality or Mm -hmm. one aspect of, of who I am. Mm -hmm. And at the time, um, it was a loud voice mm. because I didn't know how to listen to some of the others. Mm. And it's it's very cool now to be amongst the group that we're around right now uh, 
because one of the key points of the Enlifted program, as you well know, is going through my Billy story. Mm. And at that time, one of my Billy stories um, was speaking very, very loudly and mm. drowning out the others. So just coming to realize that that loud voice didn't speak for all of me mm. was one of the imp most important steps I made. That was the, that was the moment where I, ch I chose to live. Mm. That's very powerful. Opening up my heart and my ears to hear more of me, which is an ongoing journey, which has had um, many breakthroughs, ups, downs, peaks, valleys, strikes, gutters, um, up into breakthroughs as recently as this morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing that's so amazing about like just journeys like this, where we get to all come out and share a collective space, and so many of us are doing a lot of the work, it's just so magical where you can have breakthroughs, you know, yeah. like I think about how people talk about uh, like the shower, you know, being that place where you have just these downloads. Yeah. Right. And here it's like a, uh, you know, a, a shower everywhere you go. Right. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> and you know, one thing I really liked about that voice thing you were talking about is I was just having a conversation recently. I can't recall with who, if it was like Rachel or someone, but we were talking about how, you have the ego, right? Which is generally like the 13 year old, right? It wants to right. talk louder. It wants to, you know, be seen. It wants to be heard. And underneath that is a good intention, right? But it just doesn't yeah. know how to go about getting the love that it's looking for. Right. And then you also have the soul, which is like the 85 year old grandfather or grandmother, right? That's voice is a lot softer, you know, and, yeah. and they have so much wisdom to share, but until you quiet that voice of the ego, you, you know, you're unable to hear it, you know? Yeah. And so what I heard when you were speaking about that is you found ways to quiet the ego while still what it sounds like allowing it to realize that it was heard, that it was mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. And you were able to allow the soul to come out and serve both your ego and your whole entire being yeah. to be able to be more just you know serving to, yeah. to your future and to your goals. And um, I love that. I love the way that you just said that because mm -hmm. what, what you just implied is negation acknowledged mm -hmm. that the ego is not entirely bad, mm -hmm. which is a popular thought mm -hmm. that I hear running in the circles that we did um, or that we do. Ryan Holiday wrote a great book called Ego is the Enemy. Mm -hmm. um, there are some fitness organizations out there that use, you know, the, the ego is the enemy as a method of pushing yourself deeper. But it, what happens is the ego becomes villainized. Yeah. It becomes yeah. this thing that we want to tear down, quiet down, mm -hmm. shut up, mm -hmm. put away get rid of entirely. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fully integrated person knows that the ego is an important construct in our psyche yeah. and uh, can be to our bodies and our spirituality as well. Yeah. So learning how to listen to your ego, mm. learning how to love your ego, mm. learning how to give your ego a different job than the one <laughs> that it's had for yeah. thousands of years yeah. is, I think, an very important part of becoming an integrated or actualized individual. Um, you know, the ego comes from, you know, going back to when humans started to become hunter gatherers and we needed something to trigger the, the flight or flight, something to be on constant alert, you mm -hmm. know? So if there was a, a saber tooth tiger coming, you would know to run from it. That's the <laughs> ego was the voice and telling you put down that crop, get the heck out of here and yeah. save yourself. These days I look around and don't see many saber tooth tigers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the ego tends to act up. It's still looking for those, you yeah. know, from, you know, the, the, the lineage of our genetics and, and all of our programming, it's still on high alert. Yeah. And a very interesting journey is to come to peace with that mm. because your ego will naturally quiet itself down when you listen to it. Mm. And not listen to it and obey it, mm -hmm. but listen to it. Yeah. Hear it, observe it, process it, and give it a different job. Yeah. It doesn't need to look out for tigers anymore. <laughs> not uh, not saber-toothed tigers anyway. Right, right, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I've, I've brought this up before, and it's like nowadays the saber-toothed tiger is like your coworker that you have to sit next to every day that maybe is just like very like negative. Right. Or maybe it's like the traffic you're stuck in every day. Yeah. And so like I've noticed that too, like with my own self. And, you know, as you were saying that, I got the analogy of like, the ego is almost like the kid in class who acts up, right? And everyone's like, oh, that stupid kid, you know, he's just so annoying, right? But really yeah. that kid is just not feeling hurt and not, you know, feeling love in some way, shape or form. Right. And, you know, the ego, like that's our identity, right? In this world. And so like, that's like the Jeff or the Ryan, right? So in my mind, like 
what I've begun to notice, because I definitely tried to kill my ego and do all the stuff that you said is very popular in this space, you know, and what I realized was I was just getting more and more disconnected with myself, yeah. you know, because what ended up happening was the ego started thinking it was going to die, you know, right. and that was keeping me stuck in fight or flight. We all know when we're in fight or flight, we can't have critical thinking. Right. Um, we're not able to transcend the ego into the soul and the infinite wisdom that comes with it. So, you know, for me, it was about meeting the ego where it was, like mm -hmm. you were saying, like realizing that it's had a certain job for thousands of years, right? Yeah. And realizing that and being able to say, okay, I consciously choose to talk with my ego. Like that's why I love having like verbalizing talks or vocalizing talks with my ego yeah. and just saying like, listen, I see where you're coming from. I get what you're trying to do. I appreciate what you're doing, but let's do it this way because it's going to be a much like uh, less... Uh, obtrusive approach, you yes. know, if that makes sense, you know, it's not going to, you know, it's going to be an approach that uh, allows all of me to be happy yeah. rather than one yeah. part or one part feeling left out and then having to like, you know, like escape that feeling with a myriad of different ways that you can try to get away from your feelings. Mm -hmm. So I really like that you brought that up because it's, it's something that I feel as well. Like in this space, there's a lot of talk, especially in plant medicines, right? right. Like there's so much talk about like kill your ego and all right. this stuff. And it's like, man, like I don't want to kill my ego. Right. I just want to show it its love and show it like, Hey, you can quiet down a little bit and we'll still love you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, this is, I'm curious about this. I'll turn this and ask you mm -hmm. a question yeah. because I, I think what you're alluding to is a phrase in the plant medicine world that I hear a lot is ego death. Yes. And yes. That phrase, while I understand the meaning, uh, I think it very clearly illustrates the principle of just becoming disembodied from your corporal self mm -hmm. and a certain sense of self. Mm -hmm. That being said, ego death as a combination of words mm -hmm. is not one that I love. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Same, yeah. same. And, you know, uh, I'm really glad you brought this up because, of course, we're both into language, you know, really heavily. And what the vibrational resonance of the words we use have on shaping our reality that we live in. Yeah. And so when I think ego death, what do I think about death? Right. Yeah. And, you know, like I'm not against, <laughs> I'm not against death. Uh, like I embrace it. But at the same time, like. Do I like we we have the ability to choose the words we use, right? Right. So like one I've thrown around is like ego check, you know, like mm. because that to me makes me think that there's nothing innately wrong with the ego. It's just out, maybe out of balance, right? Yeah. And so like anything, like if you have one arm, right, or like one leg that's atrophied because of the crazy badass surgery you went through, right? Mm -hmm. It's just out of balance. You know, it's not right. bad, you know, like you yep. just have to bring it back into balance. And Absolutely. like with any other muscle, like, you know, muscle memory is really like uh, useful and strong. So mm -hmm. like the ego, I feel is the same way, you know, it, 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 it can bounce back very easily, but it's yeah. all in how you approach it. Because if you go at it and, and just think about it for anyone listening, like think about how you would speak to children, right? Like yeah. if you come at them very angrily, they're going to shut down. And they're going to store that trauma yeah. uh, until they can process it. And like then for anyone listening who has teenagers, like just think about, you know, screaming at a 14 year old, what response are you going to get? You know, right. they're going to be screaming back at you. Right. Yep. Whereas if you go to them and you say, Hey, listen, I see you. I, I know what you're, you know, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're attempting to do, but let's try it this way and see yeah. if we can get a better result. How does that feel? You know? Yeah. And with the dialogue I've had with my ego, I've realized like 10 times out of 10, I always get better results, like binary mm -hmm. language knowledge, but I feel like it really fits right there. Like yeah. I really do in my experience, always get better results yeah. when I just like hear the ego out and I just like high five it and I'm like, Hey, yeah. that's where you're at. You know, yeah. like, we can work with that, you know? Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> commune with the ego, make peace yeah. with the, the ego. It's part of your internal community. Yeah. 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 And on the subject of making peace, um, mm -hmm. Our daily lives, right, are hectic. You know, we're, we're the most overburdened with like tasks that we've ever had, right? Yeah. As, as, as human beings. So I'm curious, how do you find peace in each day of your life? Like, are there daily things you do to mm -hmm. reach that state? I know you're a big fan of flow state. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear ways in which you protect your abilities to be into that flow state each day. Mm. Yeah. Great question. Mm. Um, you know, these sort of things to me always start with foundational behaviors. Mm. Um, and I, mean eating well, drinking well, mm -hmm. sleeping well, mm -hmm. and moving well. Mm. These by by and all of these things will lead to thinking well and feeling well. Mm -hmm. So to me, taking the efforts to preserve my foundation is absolutely key to being able to attain the flow state that I want on the micro and the macro, mm, meaning mm -hmm. the instances I want to get into a, a flow training session mm. as well as 
maintaining a flow in life. Mm. We, as a people, wear many different hats. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a journey that I went through over the last couple of years that has also been fairly pivotal to me, is realizing that while we may wear different hats, the hats aren't what's important. It's mm. the hat that it's going on. Mm. <laughs> and I love that. Because I would go through work and this is who I am at work. This is how I am at work. I had a leadership role. I oversee these people. I oversee this process. I do this thing. I leave work. I go home to my wife and I am this person there. Um, I may leave home and go to the gym or go to jujitsu and I am this person there. I commune with my friends and I am yet another person constantly changing hats. Mm -hmm. Flow is very difficult to achieve when you are constantly changing hats or focusing on the hats that you're changing. Yeah. So to me, it's been a matter of turning that focus back on the head that I'm putting the hats. Mm. And then after a while, do you really need the hats? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You, you, don't. you don't because yeah. the head becomes the focal point. Yeah. You know, I love that, man. You know, that's a really cool way to look at it because, you know, and I, and I get like where people are coming from too, like thinking like, oh, I got to change the hats. Cause I've heard like, you know, like the, the physical act of like changing your clothes when you get home, like mm-hmm. puts you in like the dad role now. Right. Or yeah. something like that. But at the same time, like I get what you're saying. It's so much more valuable to be able to just have all of those be you yeah. and be able to flow between each one. Right. Right. And I love what you brought up about the foundation being the, uh, the necessary component or components to being able to successfully do that. Right. Yeah. Versus like having to like really work towards like, okay, now I'm dad. Now I'm husband. Yeah. Now I'm, uh, the leader at work. Now I'm the flow artist, you know? Mm-hmm. Having that all just be you, you know, like it's almost like uh, I always bring things back to food uh, <laughs> analogy wise. So it's almost like, you know, uh, you could have like uh, steak, potatoes and carrots on a plate or you can just make a soup out of them. Right. Right. And like having them on your plate is more like having each one separate, you know, and then just throwing them all in a soup and calling it a day is like yeah. what you're talking about, you know, being able to have them all together and be able to choose. Do I want steak? Do I want potatoes? or Do I want carrots right now? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I love that, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And um the the foundational alignment is integral to flow. Mm. You know, if you're if something's out of alignment, the flow will be out of alignment. Yeah. Again, on the micro or the macro. Yeah. And speaking of flow, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about steel mace flow. Um, yeah, seeing you do that today was just badass. I know you were just tooling around today, like yeah. seeing what you've done. Um, you have a very unique style and I love it, man. It's Thank really you. cool. Yeah. And it's very powerful, but it's like, it's almost like, um, I forget the guy's name. You might know him who does a supple leopard, the supple leopard. Oh yeah. 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 It's almost like it made me think of like the supple leopard, you I know, take like, that as a huge compliment. Despite yeah. The fact that his name is also escaping me right now. Yeah. It's like strong but yet like calm in the eye of the storm you know yeah. it's almost like the eye of the storm in um in the uh in the hurricane you know yeah like that's what i think of yeah really I, cool. I like that uh because i see two different angles to steel mace flow i see the i see the gur warrior we mm-hmm. can go at it like it's a weapon or mm-hmm. we can also approach it as an instrument of ceremony mm. and I often err towards a, a patient game with my flow. Mm-hmm. I'm not the fastest mover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to move slowly. I like to calculate and envision my moments at, or my movements as they are happening. Mm. Um, so for me, it's all about, we talked a little bit about vision earlier. It's all mm-hmm. about following a vision. Sometimes your vision is ahead, um, you know, a great distance in time, you know, mm-hmm. days, months, years. Yeah. Sometimes it's ahead seconds. Yeah. And that is a space that I like to live in, in Mm. in my flow state. You know, what is the vision you have for the future for, for Jeff's future? You know, Mm -hmm. like what's your, like, uh, what's your perfect day? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, man. Um, you know, what's, um, like, what's your vision for you in the future? Yeah. Um, my vision for me, um, as a father, Mm. uh, and as a husband is, is not a vision purely for me. It's a Mm. vision for my family as Mm. well. So, um, my perfect day while also first thing in the morning addressing my individual foundational needs so I can be the best that I can be for my family mm. also involves things like a bountiful family breakfast, mm-hmm. hanging out together on the couch, reading books. Yeah. Um, you know, there's as much of that in there as there is 
my coaching business, uh, mm-hmm. progressing forward, my steel mace flow education mm-hmm. or the mindset flow program that I've launched recently. These all are included in the perfect day, mm-hmm. but it all starts with the family because it's not, like I said, it's not a vision for me anymore. It's a yeah. vision for me that moves my family forward. Yeah. And that's truly being a leader too. You know, like leaders think of not just themselves, but they think of the group, you know, mm-hmm. and in your case, your family. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you brought up family because I'd love to hear one of the, one of my favorite questions to ask people that are that that have families and that are newly newly parents mm-hmm. is like how did fatherhood change your life or i mean it might be an easier question to ask how it didn't change your life you yeah. know but you get where yeah. i'm going with this like Absolutely. i'm curious to hear what changed uh you know as you progressed into fatherhood yeah you hit the nail on the head there it would, it would almost be easier to address what, what hasn't changed which yeah. is you know the rest of the world yeah um, yeah <laughs> uh, because everything inside of me um has metamorphosized it's it's a very cool and interesting identity addition to make mm. um, integrating the role of father into who I am has been an extremely empowering experience. Mm. Um, and that could be due to the way that myself and many men look to their fathers mm-hmm. as figures of strength and, mm-hmm. and power and that kingly energy that oftentimes is difficult to manifest while the crown is still on their head. Mm -hmm. So in becoming a father, something inside of me was able to pull forth a strength Mm. and self-assuredness that had either been in remission or not existed for, for some time. Mm. You know, I love that you brought that up about how like most of our fathers like represented like the the typical masculine archetype, right? Like very strong because the time they grew up in, you know, Mm -hmm. they had to be strong. They didn't have any other option. But one of the things that I riff on with like Chris Marhefko a lot and like all the training camp tribe is like the embodying the mature masculine, right? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. You know, you're embodying both the masculine and the feminine, like being Mm -hmm. able to sit on the couch and read books, you know, with your child and with your wife. And also at the same time, be able to go out and make the bacon and like, you know, provide and like do all the fun masculine stuff. Right. And that's something that I'm really curious um, like did, you know, before you were a father, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm not sure how long you got married before you had uh, sure. children, but, um, like, was that mature masculinity something that as you got older, you just happened to start embodying or did you have to work for it or did it happen just like on a whim when mm-hmm. you started uh fatherhood? Yeah, man, I'm going to say all of the above. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where in the coaching world, we experience breakthroughs mm. um, with both with our clients and with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Breakthroughs can happen in a moment, mm-hmm. but they can also be sparked by a moment and then happen much later. Mm. So some of the identity shifts, things that have come about from becoming a father, I'm sure were sparked long ago mm. and just came to light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious, speaking about breakthroughs, like, you know, one of the things I love to share on this show is people's breakthroughs mm-hmm. and, and what the process looked like. Because I know for a lot of people listening to this show, like they're on their path, they're getting good results, but they're also hammering hard, right? And they're yeah. risking burnout and all these things yeah. because they either consciously or unconsciously believe that that's how you get results, right? Because right. that's kind of what Western culture talks about. Like go grind your ass off. Right. And if you're lucky, you'll get a breakthrough, right? right. Or break, they call it, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, what did the, what's your most, valuable breakthrough if there's just one you can think of that you've had like a mindset shift and then what was the process of getting there yeah um i think the the most literal way to address that would be a breakthrough that i had that um involved quitting my day job (laughs) nice because you you address this idea that we 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 work Mm -hmm. you know we put in the work yeah i mean even byron katie calls her process the work yeah but it's actually pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so knowing that I could give up a day job, mm-hmm. still make a living for myself, work fewer hours and then devote more time to my family mm-hmm. and to myself mm-hmm. was a huge, huge breakthrough mm-hmm. that moved my family forward, moved me forward. Um, and to no financial detriment. <laughs> like, so 
how did you go? But like, I, I know like that process is sure. probably like difficult to go through too, yeah. because, you know, again, we're taught like, Hey, we need these things to survive. And I share that same story where my biggest breakthrough I've ever had is still happening right now. It's very yeah. new to me that I could quit my job. Yeah. I could work on my own. And, and, and like my father owned his own business. So I'm no stranger to like entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I'm a stranger to the way that the entrepreneurship that like you and I, and so many of these people that yeah. are here and that are in our circles are, are able to have. Which is like, we play a lot because we're able to put our energy in the right places and create that financial freedom and all the things that come along with it. Yeah. Uh, like with my father, you know, he had a brick and mortar establishment. Rent was expensive. He had to be working his crazy like hours, you know? Yeah. So I'm curious, like um, the, the de-evolution or the decoupling sure. of that process for you. Yeah. Well, it's not an easy process. Mm-hmm. Um, and my journey involved a long-term calculated process. Mm-hmm. I did not just one day decide, hey, I'm going to leave my job and strike out on my own. Mm-hmm. I had been working at this for years. This mm-hmm. is a manifestation of a long-term project. Mm-hmm. In fact, even leaving my job was a six-month project itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, you can absolutely leave a job on two weeks notice. Yeah. I still care greatly for the, the company that I worked for uh, and wanted to leave on not only good terms, but amazing terms. Yeah, gracefully. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I executed a long-term plan to train my replacement mm-hmm. over the course of several months so we could have a seamless transition. Mm-hmm. Um, what also happened during this training period was that my workload decreased, which allowed me to up my coaching workload. Mm. So as I'm descending on one workload, I'm ascending on another workload. The difference is... The work that's descending is the work that drains the cup and the work that was ascending is the work that fills the cup. Mm. So by doing and focusing on the work that fills the cup, I'm I'm allowed more time and freedom for play because Mm. I don't spend time having to refill my cup. I don't have to spend time recovering from the work. Now, that being said, in coaching, there are certainly times where we deal with some heavy stuff and we need to, you know, emotionally process that for ourselves once the session is over. Mm -hmm. But by and large, that's still very, very enriching work. So changing the nature of the work was a, you know, a major part of the process. Uh, That graceful, amazing exit was another part and having the patience to execute it Mm. was another part. Um, And that's something that I understand that people struggle with a Mm -hmm. lot is that, They want to make big sweeping changes to their lives. They want it to happen on a dime. Mm -hmm. And there are always success stories. Yeah. That does happen to people. Um, Some people would do well to execute patience in the process. Mm. Stay focused on the goal, create a vision, revise the vision, (laughs) and continue forward. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up those two things, patience and the vision, because for me, the patience has come from understanding the vision, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is like by creating my vision and realizing like for me, like, Hey, I don't need to put the pressure on myself of it happening overnight. I can actually plan this out in a way that allows me to be calm, cool, collected and have mental real estate through the process. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, um, as to like how, you've been able to visualize your life. Like, could you explain for those listening, like what the process that you use to visualize is mm-hmm. like, like you do journal, what, yeah. what like modalities do you use to do that? Yeah. Journaling is, is huge. Uh, specifically to address vision. There's a, there's an exercise that I very much enjoy, um, that involves a couple of, of steps. Mm-hmm. Um, the first step is taking a few minutes to write out a list of things that you've done. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Things that you're very proud of. Like your wins, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Take a few minutes and look at times in your life when you have achieved a vision, whether or not you took the time to actually quantify it as a vision is irrelevant. They're just yeah. times you've manifested a goal or a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, you write on a piece of paper in big capital letters, draft. <laughs> very, very, very important word. Yeah. The word draft gives us permission. Mm-hmm. And I'll come back to that. Yeah. Dates also important. So I like to write a six month vision for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So if today is October 23rd, I would say it is April 23rd, 2021. And I am dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a hot pen style. Mm -hmm. Uh, I put pen to paper for 20 minutes and I just write. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes you will run out of words and thoughts (laughs) and you will, I will literally just write the word blah, blah, blah over and over until more inspiration starts to come off. Yeah. And that's okay because remember this is a draft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
This is just pen to paper. Mm. After that, set it down, come back to it like a day later, type it into a computer, update your draft, revise your draft, correct any grammar mistakes, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is my personal favorite way to uh, put together a vision. It's a bit more of an in-depth process than what I just described, but it's um, it's one that I love taking my clients through. Uh, I I love teaching it in a group setting, in a workshop setting, as well as one-on-one as well. That's really cool. You know, and I love that idea of the rough draft also, because, you know, like one of the things I talk about uh, just the other day when I talked with Chris Marhefko was how like, he's like, listen, you know, he's like a lot of entrepreneurs specifically and these coaches online will tell you like, you got to make an Instagram post every day. You have to do all these things militantly. Right. And that puts a really big restraint on creativity, you know, because creativity is not an infinite resource. I mean, Technically, it is an infinite resource, right? But our ability to get into that creative flow, like we're going to have days where we're in it and we're out of it. And that's fine, right? Neither is good or bad. But when you give yourself the permission, right? And I'm glad you brought the word permission up too. Very powerful word to uh, have a rough draft and to have and to go back and keep, you know, doing that. It takes the pressure off of having that creative inspiration come through. Like, and like what you were saying, I just write blah, blah, blah. And I have no expectations. Right. And what that allows us to do is um, like that quote, um, I forget who said it, but he was like, I don't wait for the muse to show up. I sit down and, or no, he was like, I don't, I don't ask the muse if it's going to come that day. I just sit down with a pen and paper and wait for it to show up, you know? And that's what you're doing. You're saying when that, when that creativity just, you know, goes kind of silent for a second, you're like, Hey, that's fine. Whatever. I'll just keep writing blah, blah, blah. And boom, it's back in because you don't have any expectations. So there's no worry about it. There's no anxiety over it. Right. And I feel in my case, um, for a long time, I was, thwarting my own progress because I was like constricting the hell out of that creativity thing. Like, Nope, it's, it's Monday. I know what Monday I have to do. And for people listening too, like, it's great to have a schedule, right? Like it's great to have like times that you schedule up for doing things, but also, and that's very like a masculine thing, right? Like putting schedule, like knowing what you're going to do, but also like, don't be afraid negation acknowledged to invite the feminine. in. And if like, say for instance, you're like today, I'm going to journal for, an hour, right? And you sit down and you're like, I don't really want to do this, but I'd love to go swing a mace or just like go for a swim or whatever. Like, just go do that, you know, because when you're feeling those feelings come up in, in my case anyway, like if I'm able to listen to them and, and move towards what I want rather than away from what I don't want, right. there's so much that comes through, yeah. you know? And so I'm curious, like in your experience, how has moving towards things versus moving away from things, how has that, uh, uh, affected you in your life? Like, have you had any experience with like that kind of like mindset shift? Because for me, it was huge. Like yeah. just realizing that for a long time, it was like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to have that happen to me. So I'm going to do this. I don't want to end up like that. So I'm going to do this versus like, you know what? I want that. So I'm going to do this, right. you know? Yeah. Um, like, so I'm curious if you've had that like little shift or whatever. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you know, and I, I'll beat on the same horse a little bit here and say that, um, leaving my job and stepping into a role as a a father. And I call myself a part-time coach because I work part-time hours, Yeah, but I'm still a full-time coach. You know (laughs) what I I mean? 100%. Yes. So making that shift was absolutely, absolutely the the huge one. Mm, That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so what has that opened up for you now? A lot more fun in life. Yeah. A lot more happiness. Um, it has opened up my ability to open up my heart mm. and uh, experience more joy, experience more love, experience more uh, self-efficacy and self-acceptance. Mm. Um, because when we just think in terms of the things that we don't want, which, you know, to come back to, you know, masculine role models, a lot mm-hmm. of times we look to our fathers, mm-hmm. not only as those strong figures, but also <laughs> as the end game that maybe we don't want to happen in in some ways, you know, um, you know, we might see certain things in our, in in our fathers that are sources of their unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And we have this thought of, I don't want to end up like that. Mm -hmm. So knowing that instead of, I don't want to end up like that, knowing what I do want to end up as, or at least having a process to consistently calibrate that, Mm. um, has been huge in moving me towards it and just creating a much happier version of myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really glad you brought up uh, tuning back into your heart and being able to love more. Mm -hmm. And what I heard there too was, 
that like you're able to access your inner child more, right? Because the inner child is just like happy, go lucky, right? And like, and so I'm curious, like, you know, um, what does your inner child want most out of life? Mm. I think right now, I'm going to take the thing that I think out right now. My inner child wants most to connect with my daughter. Nice. (laughs) It wants to be a child with my daughter and to experience the things that she's experiencing as close to her level as I can. Mm. You know, it's, it never ceases to amaze me how much I can learn from children. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm a, I'm a big kid and, you know, like a hundred percent, like, you know, I'm, I'm such the jester, the joker, you know, mm-hmm. like that's me. And, you know, children, they just want the best for everyone, you know? Yeah. And I feel we can learn so much from spending time with children. I think that's one of the uh, coolest gifts that fatherhood brings on, you know, or yeah. motherhood for those listening that are women, you know, is that like the ability to like hang out with that, the, the Rishi really, because, you know, yeah. like if you look at it, like the Dalai Lama, right. Is praised for everything. Right. And really what is he? He's just like a big kid, you know, like a hundred percent. He laughs constantly, you know? And so when we're around children, we're, we're, we're like with the, the most like, advanced gurus of the world, right? Like, and we think like, oh, you know, they're, you know, this is like one of the things that, um, you know, they try to pound out in school, like, oh, you know, you need to be able to do all these things and, you know, live your life. And and that's of course important, right? But in doing so, a lot of, a lot of us, like as we transition from childhood to adulthood, we lose a lot of that imagination and that creative process. And mm-hmm. I think it's just been such a funny journey for me because as I've been getting into coaching and really into self-development to last like 10 years and all this stuff, it's really, I could describe it as just regressing back into a child, you know, sure. a child that can drive and, you yeah. know, like knows how to use money. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I will love to take this back to steel mace flow. I will say that is uh, largely a manifestation of my inner child. Um, mm. You know, I was, uh, I was in wars when I was younger, man. Mm. When I was eight years old, running through the woods, imaginary ninjas were everywhere. I had yeah. to fight them with sticks. Yeah. Uh, I had to find the perfect stick that looked like a sword so I could battle the imaginary ninjas. Mm-hmm. I still do that, except now I'm using a mace. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I really like that because that's a perfect way to integrate your uh, inner child into your daily life in a way that makes sense for you because it's what you enjoy today, you know? Because although I love playing with Legos, like, you know what I mean? Like even today, mm-hmm. um, you know, I love <laughs> like for me, mountain biking is like my inner yeah. child thing. Like just getting out into the trails and just like laugh my ass off, just having a friggin' blast, you know? And it's so important to be able to find those outlets, you know, that allow you to feel like a kid, you know? Yeah. Um, the other one I really like is exercise, you know, and getting like animal flow and all of these new cool styles, steel mace flow, which I'm so excited to learn from you. Um, you know, for everyone listening, we're watching the steel mace circle, uh, you know, form outside our window right now of, uh, you know, people getting ready. So I'm so excited to go out and do this soon, you know, but it's amazing that you've been able to, um, uh, do that because, uh, what I've noticed, uh, both in my coaching, my personal life, and also just with like the people I've met is that for a lot of people, it's very challenging, you know, especially men, you know, because we have this, um, archetype that's kind of thrown down our throats that we have to be strong. And, you know, if anything happens to us, we have to just take it and, you know, stand tall. And like, I get where that comes from, but it creates a lot of trauma. And then we have men that lead and, or women too, it happens with women too, that lead with their trauma rather than their love. And then you look at the world, how it is right now, what we're going through politically and everything like that. And it's blatantly obvious. Like there's people that are leading from trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and they're hurting inside, right. But they're unconscious to it. And a lot of them are extremely standoff, standoffish to the, even idea of going into that, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things I'm curious on is how you've been able to integrate these things, because these things like being able to like, you know, allow more love in your heart, allowing, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, more, you know, inner child to come out They're They're not easy to integrate for, especially for men. Right. So, so what was the process of you integrating these things? Like how, what did it look like? Did it look like, you know, journaling? Like what were the things you did to be able to integrate? Meditation is, mm-hmm. is on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talk a lot about vision, whether I mean vision in the sense of sitting and visualizing, sitting and not visualizing, or actually in journaling, writing out a vision for yourself. Mm. Um, to me, creating, having, and pursuing it, that vision is is absolutely the key. Mm. Yeah, and I agree. Um, you know, just knowing that, like you said, knowing what you want to go towards mm-hmm. and not just what you're going away from. 
is absolutely it. Yeah. You know, and it's just so funny that like, it's really like I've talked about before, like I can look at each stage of my life now and like laugh so maniacally at it because I realized that everything was happening for me. And this is something that I rationally knew. You know how like you were talking, I forget how you worded it in the beginning of the episode, but it was almost like, um, it's like a firework that's like a dud. It goes boom, but it doesn't like, it doesn't land right now. Right. And now looking back and seeing how like actually everything was working for me. Like I was supposed to go for school for uh, for psychology and, and, and get like a distaste in my mouth about the way that it was run. So I could get into plant medicines Mm -hmm. and help people, but then get a distaste in the way that's that industry was run and then go off on my own. So I could realize I could shape all of those components into a unique practice. that's going to land with the people I wanted to land with better, you know? And it's just so funny because that process of integration, um, it happened, uh, naturally, you know? And I think that's what you're saying too. Like, you know, we just, by doing less, we're actually doing more like meditating Mm -hmm. journaling. Like as I've slowed down, um, I've really been able to just like integrate at like a light speed, uh, light, light, light sounds, you know, speed or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the terminology is for everyone listening. Um, uh, I might have eaten eaten a pretty strong edible last night, so <laughs> a little bit of that's still in there, you know. Guilty as charged for science, you know. But um, you know, I'm curious um, with 2020 and everything happening this year, and everyone being forced to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you were already aware of the benefits of slowing down. What did you? What were you able to gain from this extra time of like relaxing? in a way relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also in a lot of other ways, probably very nerve wracking, you know, with a family yeah. and everything. And yeah. I don't know exactly when you transitioned over to full-time uh, coaching, but mm-hmm. um, what were you able to gain from the stillness that the world gave us and gifted us with this past year? More exposure. I was able to communicate my message and bring in more by looking further away from my geographic location. Mm. Um, a lot of short stories were shattered um, during the first few weeks of the the COVID situation. I will be the first to tell you that um, one year ago, um, I did not think it was possible to teach Steel Mace Flow effectively online over mm-hmm. Zoom. I had dabbled in it a little bit, didn't really enjoy it, um, and felt that in-person was the way. Mm-hmm. Within about 48 hours of the lockdown starting and gyms in Michigan shutting down, that story had been obliterated. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be perfectly honest, uh, with a very small amount of effort, uh, Mm -hmm. meaning like I put up a couple of Instagram posts about running online classes and those posts were found, they were seen, and I have connected with more people in the last six months than I had in the two years previous. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's like using something to make you rather than break you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious, you mentioned your message. Like, how would you describe your message? Yeah, man. Um, so I would describe my message as creating more flow in your life. Mm. And, and I mean that in flow between identity roles, flow between environments, flow between moods, flow between moments. Uh, My whole message is around living life more smoothly Mm. and doing so again, by establishing a strong vision, by identifying, naming and following a set of virtues for yourself. Mm. That's why that's one of the millions of reasons I love language training so much because what I realized as I was like getting into and lifted and really like vocabulary and all this stuff is just how much it, it disintegrated around me. So I had more mental real estate to be able to flow more because I identify and, you know, and really um, get inspired by your message because yeah. it's, it's been exactly the path for me. Like being able to do less, slip into the flow more and then just see what I can create. Right. And, sure. and where attention goes, energy flows. Right. So yeah. we talked a couple of times about moving towards things versus moving away mm-hmm. from things. And this is like very basic understanding. I'm sure for you, like, but for everyone listening, they'll really benefit from this. Like, you know, when you say even things, right. Like, don't worry about it. 
Like, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about worrying about yeah, it, yeah. right? Yep. Versus like uh, Rachel and I were nerding out about this on Martha's Vineyard this year. We were translating uh, typical statements that you say that 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 are uh, disguised as uh, like a good statement, like Jeff, don't worry about it, man. Like you know, that's it's coming from a place of love, but it could be said better of like Jeff, relax into it, you know. Yeah, and it's like whoa, you know, and like so, I challenge everyone listening: if you have a negation, like a don't, won't, couldn't, shouldn't. In something that you're saying regularly, try to translate it, you know, yeah. and then bounce it off us, you know, yeah. like we love these kind of things. Like, and it's, it's so much fun, man, because once you are able to like have that land, like, and it's, and it's still landing for me, like, this is like pretty new for me this, this past year, like it's, it's, it's always like just like such a funny aha moment yeah. when it lands. Cause it's like, man, it's so simple. Yep. Yet it's not easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all about embracing as opposed to rejecting. Yes. And even when we talk about things like negations, mm-hmm. those can't, won'ts, don'ts, yep. embrace them. Yeah. We don't negation acknowledge, yeah. <laughs> reject them. Yes. We embrace them with that phrasing, negation acknowledge. Yes, Meaning exactly. I have observed my negation. Yep. I am now translating it. Yeah. I am, um, I have a goal for myself to observe it and translate. Yeah. And you know what I love you just brought up there too, is like being a conscious creator of your reality, you know? And that's what, you know, you were going like with there too. But like when you, when you say negation of knowledge or binary language of knowledge, you're consciously choosing to use that word because you want to use it right then. Right. And, and the vibrational resonance is different when you choose it versus when you're just kind of like unconsciously choosing it. Right. And so like what, you know, like I try to do with coaching and I'm sure you do the same thing with like our respective fields of coaching is like, we're, we're just getting people to become more conscious of what they are unconsciously uh, casting. Because again, yeah. like, like I've talked about with Mark on the show and everything, like our language is spells, right? Like abracadabra, as I speak, I create or abracadabra, as I speak, I destroy, right? So mm. being able to, to, to use those and have them work for you, not against you is just like a superpower, man. Yeah. Like I'm like Harry Potter's real, you know, it just yeah, looks man. different, you know, yep. Yep. <laughs> our magic wand is a, a pen, you know, like Mark Indeed. always says, you know, Indeed. Jeff, man, this has been such a blast, man, getting a riff with you. And I'm so glad we got to do it in person, man. There's such like a unique energy um, to doing podcast person, uh, podcast episodes in person. Yeah, um, where can I send people to find you, connect with you, employ your services and just otherwise chat with you? Yeah. So there's going to be two, the two best ways to hit me are going to be on my Instagram, mm-hmm. which is jeffrey.oaks. That is J-E-F-F-R-E-Y <laughs> dot O-C-H-S. Um, again, that's on the Instagram. You can also find my webpage at www.a2steelfit.com. Awesome, man. And my last question for you today is if someone listening could only choose one thing to highly optimize their life, what would Jeffrey Oaks suggest that change be? Create a vision, check in with your vision and recalibrate your vision. Hmm. Yes. Dude, I love how you tie that all together too, because I firmly believe the vision is the most important part. It is like, we've been saying like, you know, like a broken record at this point, like it's what you're looking towards, not what you're looking away from. Absolutely. And, and you know, too, like, um, you know, this, this last point I think is very important. Mm -hmm. Our focal point can change. Yeah. That's why we use the word draft. That's why I say recalibrate, recalibrate your vision, check in with your vision. You might write a vision on Friday, check in with it on a Monday and find out that the whole thing doesn't entirely resonate with Mm -hmm. you. That's okay. Yeah. It's a practice. It's a process. Yes. The first vision we create for ourselves, most often negation acknowledge is not the one we pursue. Yeah. It's just a practice run. Yeah. It's a, it's a draft. <laughs> yeah. So try it, play with it, have yeah. fun with it. Casting yeah. spells is fun, dude. Yeah. It's We're making magic blast. and we do it because it's fun. It yeah. makes our lives better. It makes us more fun and it brings us to situations like this, looking down <laughs> to this, this beautiful people. Badassery yeah. happening next to us, dude. Yeah. This is just friggin' awesome. Yeah. It's so cool, man. And you know what the coolest part is? We get to do this, you know? Yeah. Like we get to consciously choose to be aware of the language we use, aware of the people we surround ourselves with, aware of what we want to do, what our purpose is, what our impact we want to leave on the world is, what the impact we want to leave on our family is. Mm-hmm. And we get to do that. Yeah. And uh, I'm very honored to get to do that by your side, brother. And I'm very honored to get that to do that. Words are hard. Well, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> Guys, I've been fortunate enough to come across plenty of incredible people within my latest journey of coaching. However, Jeff is someone who has stuck out to me ever since first meeting him in the Lifted Training Platform. 
His dedication and level-headedness combine to make a cocktail of mental fortitude mixed with ease and grace that is not only admirable, but has served as a huge sense of inspiration in the short time we've known one another. His way of flowing each component of his life together in perfect unison goes to show what can happen when you embody the mature masculine archetype and do the work necessary to make yourself fit for service. Speaking of service, I would be so delighted if each one of you could do me a great amount of service in sharing this show with anyone and everyone you call your friends and family. My goal with this show and company is to give people the tools and resources necessary to pave their own path and accomplish their goals. And by sharing this show with those you love, you are helping me a great amount in accomplishing that goal. Thank you to everyone who stopped by to hang with Jeff and me today. And once again, Jeff, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today on the show. And until next time, journey well, be well. Much love, brother. Namaste. Much love. Thank you. And thank you all. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show and I'm wishing you the best day ever.